Welcome to episode 11 of the season 2 of the Shopee Shopa Show. My name is Christophe Davy and I am your host. We are here to share the latest news on Shopify, Shopify Plus, Shopify POS and all other products and services from Shopify. For this episode, I am joined by Michael Morales, boss of Moco, a Shopify and Clavio agency he has co-founded in 2016 with Olivia Kuzinski. Michael is a pioneer in the Shopify ecosystem. He started working with Shopify as soon as 2010. Yes, already 12 years on Shopify. And will you believe me? Michael is a Shopify agency owner with no technical background. Actually, he has a degree in finance. This is so Shopify-esque. So, what happened on the Shopify planet in the last weeks? Let's discuss the news with Michael. A conversation recorded on March 4th, 20. 22. Hello, Michael. Hi, Christophe. Happy to have you on board of the Shopee Shopa Show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Okay, so we have a lot of things to discuss together for this new episode. And uh, we will start with the, my ritual questions with my guests. So the first one is, how many years with Shopify? Well, uh, I landed on Shopify in 2010, so that makes 12 years now. Uh, wow. Yeah, for French, for uh, the French ecosystem, 12 years is uh, in the ancestry category. <laughs> yes, because we are both French, and we, we just had a discussion before recording about our first names. Are we going to say... Michael and Christophe or Michael and Christophe or Chris or Mike or whatever, but we decided to say Michael and Christophe, the French pronunciation. Yeah, let's leave a French touch in the in this episode. And so we are both French, both in the Shopify ecosystem. I started much later than you in 2015. And my second question is, do you remember the first time we met virtually or in real life? Yeah, so we didn't formally meet in real life, as weird as that may sound, because there were so many opportunities to do so. The only time we were close to meeting was on the way back from Shopify Unite 2018, where in the, at the Paris airport, I was right behind you. I, I thought I would recognize your, fa your face. I was right behind you in the customs clearance. Um, but I think we were both way too tired for any more social uh, encounter after a week of networking at Unite and just a long flight. So I told myself we would have another opportunity to meet. And uh, here we are today. So that's that. Yes, that's crazy because we both live in the Parisian suburb. And yeah. because of COVID, because of many things, we have never met. Uh, in real life. I think we have been in the same place several times, as you mentioned, for Shopify Unite and probably for some additional events in Europe. But we have never had 
a discussion real in real life, but many discussions by phone or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy how it never it never happened, but uh yeah. It's fun. Okay, so let's start uh today's episode with the first part of the show trending. Ah. The news that probably everybody has seen, and not only the Shopify ecosystem. And I have selected for this episode uh, what we could say a Twitter rant by um, the the CEO, uh, actually the ex CEO of a company named Bolt. Uh, Bolt is doing a, a, a one click checkout, and Bolt worked for many years with Shopify, and it seems that they have stopped working together. And Ryan Breslow, so the guy at Bolt, on February 27th, made some tweets, a thread, regarding his relationship with Shopify, how it ended. And, it, and the first tweet is written like this, Shopify is eating their ecosystem. So what do you think about that, Mikael? Well, given the context, it's important, and you, you, you described it already, but it's important to highlight that we're talking about someone who lost a major piece of business uh, by not being able to have his solution on, their solution on Shopify uh, anymore. So there's clearly a rant there. Uh, when you go over the thread, I mean, it looks like you're, he's kind of making Shopify look bad, which I don't know how that comes across. Uh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think I would have taken the same approach, to be honest, although I do understand that he's upset. Um, I mean, I think he's generalizing what happened with his business and, and his uh, solution that he provided to the ecosystem because, um, well, first of all, this kind of situation exists in several, right? You look at Apple, they're the poster child for this. Uh, there, there used to be years ago, there was an app that was the equivalent of AirDrop before AirDrop existed. And, you know, and, and that's just a small feature. Then you, you look at other examples like Apple Music competing with Spotify now, uh, Google Maps, I mean, being, you know, replaced by Apple's own app. So you're either going to, you know, build the ecosystem or you're going to build for the ecosystem. And that's something you have to be aware of um but i just think that shopify does it has no interest to kill its own ecosystem um uh, that's clearly not what it's doing at scale there's many verticals that shopify has never gotten into and i'm talking about features that you'll be able to find through apps on the app store um and there's there's verticals that they've got it into but um that are provided by Shopify at a very basic level. Um, recently, meta fields have become more visible in the Shopify admin, but uh, at, at this point, at least, uh, I feel that Shopify's native meta field capacities are very far away from competing with some of the leading meta fields apps. Um, they are complementary now that uh, there's native capacities through the theme editor to add dynamic sources. So they're definitely complementary, and we've been using both the native aspect and uh, a third-party app for Metafields for our clients. Um, Shopify email is another example. They're, they're light years away from competing with a solution like Klaviyo. Um, and we're never gonna, you know, 
we do we do email marketing for our clients. We happen to be specialized on Klaviyo, but we're never going to consider Shopify email at this point to be a viable alternative. And I mean, I can go on and on. It's like Shopify inbox. It's not going to replace solutions like Gorgeous and everything. So it's, I mean, what do you feel about it? Well, if you are a Shopify client, you are like a merchant. Yeah. You're using Shopify. It's normal to see you, the service you're using, the tool you're using uh, evolve. Uh, from time to time, adding functionalities, adding new features that are relevant for your business. And because this solution is adding new things, uh, of course, in some cases, that can be some functionalities or services provided by apps. I think it's the way everything, as you mentioned, is, 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 is going on. It's, it, it cannot be different, different than uh, that way. So at some point, Shopify will include suddenly or um, uh, a functionality or something that is currently proposed by one or several apps. Uh, I think it's the way it is. It cannot be different. Yeah, that's, that's, I totally agree with that. That's just a reality. And he, he was mentioning in, in, in one of uh, the tweets in his thread that um, uh, you got to know what you're heading into when you're going to build an app for an ecosystem like Shopify. I agree with that um, because you have to be aware whether you're, the solution you're providing is going to be um, not just complementary to what the core platform offers, but you're definitely going to be at risk if you're going to be building an app and, and, and there's a whole there, there are categories of these kinds of apps where it's features that we feel should be native to Shopify but aren't and as big as Shopify is today there's still so many things they, they, they have to to build again they're not going to get into um, uh, verticals that don't you know that are more supplementary than complementary things that may serve some merchants, but not others. And we don't often think, well, this should be native. I shouldn't have to install an app for that. But with regards, I mean, I feel that when we're, we're talking about payment and checkout, where you're talking about the heartbeat of an e-commerce site and, and, and one of the core elements of Shopify, the checkout is something they work on regularly. And I think it's really important to take into account the context um, historically. Um, in the sense, I mean, if you have the context and we'll get into it, you should be, you should have been able to read the tea leaves and figure out this was going to happen. So first of all, you, we have to remember that Shopify takes a commission, uh, that varies between 2% to 0.15% if you're on Shopify plus on every sale. And, um, prior to what was it? 2020 when they restricted um, the um, all other third-party checkouts. Prior to that, when we when Shopify allowed connecting third-party checkouts to replace its own, Shopify wouldn't um, charge its commissions on sales made through those external checkouts. So right there, from a business perspective, Shopify is losing money. I, I don't know. I can't go as far as back as to remember what led them to allow um, merchants to use third-party checkouts. I don't know if it was the case since ever or if they enabled it at some point, 
But from what I recall, the main use case was to um, allow functionality that wasn't native to Shopify, such as uh, recurring orders. So like recharge, bold subscriptions, they would have their own checkouts because that was the only way to, pro to, 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 to sell recurring uh, pro products on Shopify. Um, but ever since that's been the case, um, well, first of all, this wasn't optimal for Shopify. They just had to accept because otherwise they were going to lose a whole vertical, which is exploding today in terms of recurring orders. There's so many merchants that are doing it, generating a ton of volume. Um, so it wasn't optimal from a business perspective from Shopify, and it wasn't optimal from um, either a merchant perspective or a customer perspective because the the these third-party checkouts weren't always as smooth. Um, there was an integration process. A solution like Bolt was basically able to, I don't know if this is the right word, but in a way profit from a situation of transition from Shopify because this was something they were going to address uh, or that they were planning to, to address uh, since a long time. And I, I just feel it's better to have a single checkout. It's more coherent with Shopify's um, for e-commerce. Um, and I, I just feel that it's hard to compete with Shopify on, you know, the, the customer experience for the checkout. Again, it's part of their business model. If, if you're going to lose sales as a merchant because your checkout isn't optimized enough, Shopify is going to lose revenue. Um, and whenever we have uh, clients, merchants that, tell, that, that, that criticize Shopify's checkout, I've, I've always been of the mindset in Shopify we trust. I think they have much more data than uh, most people or most companies in terms of what a successful checkout experience is. And it's something they, they I think it's one of the products they optimize and, and update the most frequently from what I've been seeing historically. So yeah, I think they should have seen it coming in this, this one specifically, I'm not surprised. Yes, checkout is super complicated. Yeah. in terms of security, in terms of UX, uh, in terms of everything. And as, as a merchant or as an agency guy, I want the checkout to work 100% of the time. I've, I've had so many bad experiences in the past with other platforms where you, are, you, you can uh, customize the checkout in a way uh, that at the end of the day, the payment platform is not working correctly uh the checkout itself is not working correctly uh the client can be sometimes lost into the checkout process etc so i can understand shopify wanting to manage uh, that uh totally in a way that it works and it's their responsibility to make it work i do agree with you that due to the subscription limitations in the past that's where some third-party apps like Bold uh, started using their own checkout. I, I think that was the, the beginning of the story. And, uh, and then on, on the uh, third-party side, if I'm creating an app, doing a very good business with Shopify, growing and growing, hiring people, at one point, I must think, okay, can I continue to rely on just one platform? for 100% of my business. It's the same thing than having only one client. Um, you cannot rely on just one platform if, you're do, if your business is growing. It's your responsibility to share uh, the risk with uh, other uh, platforms. And that is what uh, actually 
uh, Bolt is doing because they just announced a partnership with big commerce and they are working also very well with Magento or other platforms. And that's good. Okay, the door, uh, Shopify's door is closed, but they have other partnerships with other platforms. And if you have an app, if you're doing a good business with Shopify, be careful, of course. One day, because of, you don't know why, uh, a limitation, technical limitation, a new feature on Shopify or whatever, your, your, your business could be at risk, but that is business as usual, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, there, it's, it's easy to say in hindsight, obviously, but the two businesses, Shopify and Bolt, were a lot, weren't really aligned from the start. Um, and this was just one person's point of view, and it's the person that's kind of like the victim, maybe. That's how he's portraying himself and saying that, like, and took, taking screenshots of emails uh, with Shopify leadership, you know, from the way he describes the story, maybe Shopify could have taken a different approach. I don't know. Um, but look, just the economics from the start, this wasn't going to end well. And the right choice for them was clearly to diversify in terms of integrating with other platforms because Shopify isn't viable for them. Yes, it's... Uh discussion we could continue and and and, and yeah. i think a lot of people are on that type of discussion about the ecosystem and, and the way shopify is evolving i think it's the same type of discussion you can have in any other ecosystem absolutely and at the end of the day everybody must be aware of the fact that this is business yeah so that's it okay let's let's thank you Michael, for this very interesting discussion. And, and let's move to the second part of the show, features. Ah. What has changed in Shopify, Shopify Plus, Shopify POS, and in other Shopify tools? Some quick news regarding Shopify functionalities. Well, starting with two new free themes released by Shopify. Their names are Taste and Studio. So now we have six free themes based on Online Store 2.0. Down, Crave, Sense, Craft, and now Taste and Studio. Uh, did you use some of those uh, themes already? So I didn't get to use them um, uh, up till now, but from, from my understanding, just having had a look at them and also just hearing other people's reactions in the ecosystem, it seems like, um, well, so Dawn was the first one that was released on the announcement of uh, Online Store 2.0 and all that it entails. Um, but it seems like all the other free themes that Shopify presents them are essentially variations or presets of the Dawn theme. And what's interesting, I feel, is that traditionally you would have a single theme and its presets presented all together. And now what's happening is Shopify is presenting each if you know, we can actually call them presets or variations, each one of them has separate themes on the, uh, on the theme store. So it makes, I think it makes it look like there are more free themes than just having a single page displaying all the presets. Um, and I think it's interesting from two perspectives. Um, number one, from the perspective of the other theme developers that sell their premium paying themes, uh, it gives them a bit less visibility because Shopify keeps on pushing new free themes at the top of the, of the listings. Um, and I, I think it also addresses, I mean, this is something I've 
Uh, I've experienced numerous times uh, working with clients where they have the feeling that different presets are actually different themes and that they're capable of different things from a functional or design perspective. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't, I, I haven't tested these themes out yet, but that's just how I'm, I'm seeing this situation evolve. How do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I've used down uh, a lot. First for my own site, shopishopa.com, which is now using another free theme, okay. Sense. And uh, I've also done a lot of trainings for, for students uh, using down. So um, they, they have evolved, uh, they have just released new versions of the, the of down, Sense, Crave and uh, Craft. They are adding some features, especially they are adding some sections, like for instance, the slideshow was not in the first version of Down last year, and they've put it back. They, 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 they removed it voluntarily. They wrote something on, on that, saying that slideshows were too slow, etc. But they went to, they, they put it back in the theme because of, 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 of the requests of many, many merchants. So it's cool, it's easy to use, but in comparison to a premium theme, there, there, there are much less um, parameters available, of course. Um, but it's good to have several, even if it's only one style per theme, several themes, because the, the design is a little bit different. Yeah. So um, for merchants, it's, it's the possibility to, to have more choice, I would say, with those three themes. Yeah, and also for, I, I, I think where it's an interesting move as well is for merchants that are starting out that don't necessarily have the budget because when a lot of merchants start out they feel like 200 300 for a theme is a bit pricey um so the fact that it looks like shopify is really investing more time and effort on the um, evolution and updates of these free themes because it always felt like the free themes before online store 2.0 once they came out feels like there were very little updates and now it, it looks like they're treating their their own free themes, Shopify, the same way that um, theme developers are treating their own paid themes. So that's great to see because even for smaller sites, smaller projects, um, these themes could be you know reliable for in, in some cases. Yes, they are doing a lot. Even uh, the automated uh, updates, if you don't touch, oh, the yeah. chat, uh, are smoother now. So, oh yeah. Sure. Uh, I, I agree. They're, they're doing uh, much more uh, jobs on, on those three, three themes. Uh, another news from the uh, Shopify world, Shopify Plus actually, but not Shopify Plus anymore. It's Shopify Flow, the app dedicated to Shopify Plus uh, clients will now be available for advanced plans on Shopify. And this is something that for me, um, it's on one side a good point because there will be more and more users of Shopify Flow and I really love Shopify Flow. It's a crazy app for workflows to automate a lot of tax, tasks in the back office. On the other hand, it's um, for Shopify Plus, it used to be a, a key, one of the key assets of, of upgrading or moving or selecting Shopify Plus. What is your opinion on that? Well, I feel like it really makes sense. 
um, this move because, well, first of all, it's very, I feel from Shopify's pers perspective, it's very hard to arbitrate what should be limited to plus and what should be available on all other plans. Um, so I think this is one of the rare occasions where there's a feature that's uh, not limited to Shopify plus anymore, but that's available only on the advanced plan. So the most expensive of the three standard ones. Um, but I've always felt like Shopify flow was uh, uh, amongst the, the umbrella of complementary solutions on Shopify plus, I've always felt like Shopify uh, flow was the easiest to replace. Um, be because there are different apps within the app store itself that allow um, for creating the automations that Shopify Flow allows. Um, there's there are more mainstream solutions like Zapier that also allow you to do a lot of the things that Shopify Flow um, can can enable you to do. So, I mean, I, I've never had like a, a merchant up, upgrade to to Shopify Plus for the Flow app specifically. Um, it's usually it's mainly been for Shopify scripts. Um, sometimes for access to checkout.liquid um, or just sometimes they just makes, um, they just hit the, 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 the next revenue tier where it just makes sense for them to be on Shopify plus from a financial perspective. But um, yeah, Shopify flow, I mean, it's, it, when there's opportunity to use it, it's obviously great because you can create an automation much qu quicker than you could using a third-party solution, but um, it, it, it just it just makes sense because I, I think it's it's extensible. It doesn't it doesn't really need to be limited to plus, in my opinion. It's it's a, it's a great tool, and it will be very useful for advanced uh, Shopify yeah. merchants. And since the, the the user base will be bigger for Shopify Flow, we can expect even more updates and and uh, upgrades of the solution. And uh, oh, yeah. if, and that's that's really good, really cool for for Shopify Flow users in the future. Um, another change um, regarding SMS notifications um, in Shopify, SMS are free. <laughs> you can decide to send SMS to to clients if if they agree and provide their phone number. In addition to transactional emails, so what we call notifications into Shopify. And uh, on March 1st, they have announced that at the end of this month of March, uh, SMS notifications texts will be back to a standard uh, text. So a lot of clients using those SMS have written different versions of, of, of SMS personalizing the text, and they will revert to the default text on March 25th yeah we, we typically advise clients merchants to to personalize uh at least just a bit um their sms notifications like order confirmation shipping confirmation just to make it feel a bit more unique um to the brand but um yeah i feel it's 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 a really interesting one. I don't have the context as to what led Shopify to make this change. I don't know if from an infrastructure perspective, having different uh, uh, text, different templates made things heavier from a load perspective for them. I don't know if some merchants were taking advantage of the opportunity to add 
other messages for marketing purposes where it's not maybe the main intention? I don't know. Did you have any insight on what led them to this? No, but I do. I do think like you, it's a mix probably of cost. Yeah. And, and, and the, the fact that some merchants are using those SMS to do different things than just being a notification SMS. I think it's a mix, but the, the news is quite recent. It's just from uh, this week. So I think we, we will have more perhaps uh, feedbacks on, uh, on uh, bad use cases <laughs> that, lead, uh, that led uh, Shopify to decide to revert to, to the standard text. In addition to that, perhaps in a midterm uh, uh, future, the fact that Shopify is pushing hard on shop app and the shop app quite with a lot of users in North America, more than 100 million users. And the shop app allows uh, users to receive um, notifications on their smartphones. Perhaps there is a link. Yeah, that, yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh, that could make sense if, if notifications are going to be centralized in shop moving forward. Um, yeah, that definitely makes sense. So we'll see. Yes, we'll see. Anyway, so let's move to the third part of the show, Focus. Ah. Each episode, we highlight a specific tool or service from Shopify, and especially because you are with me, Michael, and your, your agency is specialized in Shopify and Clavio. So I wanted to sh to discuss a little bit Clavio and, and the way you use it as a Shopify and Clavio expert. Why being a Shopify and Clavio expert? Yeah, it's a good question. So when we started out, um, and again, I've, I've been using Shopify since, since 2010, and we launched our agency in 2016. Um, back then, our, our thesis and our, our positioning statement was to be 100% Shopify agency, but we also had uh, the, the willingness to work with our clients um, on their marketing. In hindsight, that wasn't the most sustainable positioning and approach because it's very complicated to master several um, uh, channels, uh, tools, just different jobs at the same time. We would be doing Google ads, Facebook ads, um, SEO, which we still do a bit because it's naturally linked to our business. Um, but Clavio as well, email marketing. Um, my business partner, Olivia, had a background in email marketing. She worked in email, um, she had an email marketing job um, in her previous career before we started this together. Um, and amongst the different marketing channels we, we, we worked on with our clients over the years, we really noticed that um, we were really standing out on Clavio in the sense that we were very good at it, very good at email marketing. We were getting great results. Um, and also we felt that similar to Shopify back then in France, specifically Clavio, we felt like was underestimated, underused um, by Shopify merchants uh, in France. And so we, we, we recognized um, a, a recurring pattern. Same thing with Shopify that was underestimated. We felt like we needed to uh, create our positioning around Shopify, um, we decided to retain Clavio and email marketing as our, our, our second, the second pillar of our agency. And we left all the other marketing channels behind because again, it's very hard to be excellent in all of them. 
Um, and that's where we, we, we went full on on, on Clavio. So today we basically give ourselves the goal of uh, ensuring that Clavio contributes to anywhere between 25 to 50% um, of, a, of a merchant's uh, online sales. Uh, it's obviously a wide range, but it depends on a lot of factors. Clavio themselves feel like the bar should be set at 20% minimum. We raise it a bit higher because we really go deep into email marketing strategy with our clients. Um, so, yeah. So do, do you have Shopify clients not using Clavio? Or do you, do, have you decided to, to be only working with clients using both technologies? Um, it's, I mean, if we're going to work with, with the merchant on their Shopify and not their email marketing, um, we're okay with them not being on Clavio, though I have to say it's, uh, I, I have trouble just thinking of clients who aren't on Clavio at this point. There may be just very few of them, um, clients we work with less than others. Um, but if, if they're gonna, if they're gonna want our help on email marketing, um, yeah, Clavio is gonna be a prerequisite. So if they're on another solution, the first step in terms of working with us would be to migrate them to, to Clavio. And a silly question regarding Clavio. I, uh, I will have someone from uh, Clavio in a future episode of uh, the Shopee Shopa show, but uh, I'm not 100% sure. Is Clavio only working on Shopify? Or do oh, they no. have also uh, connectors to other platforms? Yeah, yeah. Historically, they've had connectors with Magento, WooCommerce. They re recently integrated PrestaShop. Um, and we're getting uh, uh, more and more inquiries from prospects that are contacting us for Clavio only uh, in France. And, and uh, given the PrestaShop integration, we're now getting a few inquiries here and there from uh, PrestaShop merchants who are using Clavio. But the truth is that the Clavio integration with Shopify is probably the cleanest one amongst all the other platforms they integrate with. So. Uh, it, if if they if they are on Clavio but they're not on Shopify, uh, we're gonna have trouble working with them because it's gonna be much more complicated to to handle, and we want to avoid that. And so my next question is back to the beginning of our discussion of this show regarding Bolt and Shopify. If Clavio is so good on Shopify and at the end of the day has I don't know perhaps 80, 90 persons. Are there clients using Shopify? Is it, is it uh, risky for Clavio? Could, could, could we see something similar to what happened with Bolt? Well, I, I think that it's a great question. Clavio has been diversified in, uh, with regards to this aspect since ever. Um, I think their partnership with Shopify is one of the strongest they have, but they never... And, and, and even the way we we present Clavio to to merchants, we never present it as a Shopify app. I mean, it's respectfully a platform in and of its own. Um, but you know, something similar happened with Mailchimp a few years ago, um, and exactly. that caused you know a lot of friction and like the Shopify Mailchimp divorce ultimately happening and and then getting back together, so to speak, recently. Um, yeah, I, I, anything's possible, but when, when you're this kind of solution, I mean, unless you're praying that Shopify will buy your app at some point, like they've done for others, uh, you better be diversified with your integrations. 
yes, that's correct. Uh, okay, I, I do agree that, by the way, Clavio is a, is a great tool. And, uh, yeah. A lot of really, very positive uh, feedbacks from all over the ecosystem. Okay, let's uh, have the last part of the show, extras. Ah. Some additional news from the Shopify world. Actually, I have only two small news. Just wanted to, to share the fact that I have seen someone from Shopify writing on Slack recently that, yes, there is a B2B initiative coming and probably before the summer. Uh, you know that I like to troll a little bit Shopify about um, roadmaps coming later this year, coming soon, etc., etc. So uh, this guy has written that uh, we expect to launch our new B2B offering towards the end of the first half of this year, not next year. Okay. And they talked first about that uh, last fall. They say that they were working on a new B2B initiative directly integrated into Shopify, not like uh, what we have currently with Shopify Plus, the wholesale channel. So um, uh, good to know that they are working on it and we, we should see something before the summer regarding B2B. And the last news uh, for this show is to remind listeners that the next Shopify partner turn all is on March 10th. Uh, always the same time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. And that's it for this episode, Michael. But there is a last question. My last question for all my guests. Here it is. If you had the power to immediately implement a new feature in Shopify, which one would it be? Yeah, so I'm very bad at this type of question because I just tend to try to find workarounds or solutions to things that are lacking in Shopify. So it really took me a minute to think about this one. But um, asking myself what's a feature or a request we get from merchants quite regularly, um, that helped me identify one, um, one aspect, which is with regards to discounting. So obviously, discounts and automatic discounts are native to Shopify. Um, but especially with regards to the automatic discounting feature, um, there are quite a few limits there. Um, and specifically the one with regards to buy one, get one. Um, it's, it, it, it's kind of a, of a half-hearted BOGO in the sense that the get one means, so the, 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 the free product, usually the customer has to add it manually themselves for the for the automatic discount to be applied. And that's always something we have to, well, work around. And I mean, there's so many use cases depending on whether the merchant on Shopify or Shopify Plus, what kind like the, the very nuances of the promos they want to put on their site. But typically this is gonna consist of either some development on their theme using an app, a mix of the both so that the product can be added. but it's even though it's, it's a recurring case that we deal with with our clients, um, the solution we implement is almost always unique. Um, so it's not something we can streamline and say, okay, here's a solution, let's put it in place and that's it. It requires a lot of time and effort and, and sometimes merchants have trouble understanding that, especially once they, we're talking about new merchants that are 
starting on Shopify, maybe migrating from Shopify and launching their first promos and they don't understand why the product doesn't get added automatically. And that's just one use case in, in regards to the limits of, uh, of the native discount capabilities in Shopify, but it's the one that presents itself the most. So yeah, if we could get that added product automatically, that, that'd be great. Oh yes, I'm 1000% okay with you because a buy one get one feature where the client has to put in the cart the free product which is not free but which is becoming free because you just put it in the cart because there is a buy one get one that's yeah that's not good okay michael thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the shopee shopa show thank you christophe so i wish you the best i'm pretty sure that we will meet and share a drink at last. Oh yeah, I hope Somewhere so. Somewhere this year. We've been due for it. Thank you, Christophe. Talk to you soon. And this is the end of this episode of the Shopee Shopa Show. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mikael. In the description of this episode, you will find a lot of useful links to know more about the news we discussed. Feel free to subscribe and rate this podcast. Take care and enjoy your day! <laughs>